Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yep. What up, what up, what up? And welcome back to episode 89 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. And today we're going to go ahead and do a little recap of the week. We're going to go ahead and preview once again UFC 235. Um, we're also going to go ahead and give a big shout out to Mirko Krokop and much, much more on this episode. Uh, you know how it is, man. Saturday, nice, fun episode, something a little light, but... Um, but we're going to have a good time, man. But before we go ahead and jump into that, remember the Fight Podcast is brought to you guys by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. We are currently everywhere, everywhere podcasts live. All right. Yo. Welcome to the Fight Podcast, yo. Um, again, like I said, this is episode 89, closing in on a hundo already, man. This is nuts. Um, it's funny, actually, yesterday, um, well, the day before yesterday was the the anniversary of the first recording of the Fight Podcast. So it was uh, last year, February 28th. Um, I went ahead and uh, did my first recording. I had a couple of my buddies in there. I had um, the 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 Chicago MMA legend, the first man to ever go ahead and knock somebody out in the UFC with a spinning back fist. We had Shoney Carter on the episode. We had one of my buddies also on the episode with me. Um, and again, we had a good time, man. We continue growing the show. And like I said, we're we're closing in on 100 episodes, man. So we're having a good time. We're going to continue bringing really dope content to you guys. Uh, in fact, like I've been promising you, uh, we definitely have some incredible interviews to come. And uh, we're probably going to get blessed with like two or three of them for you guys this upcoming week. I actually have one tomorrow. And uh, I cannot wait to tell you guys who that is. Um, but aside from that, man, look. This fight card, and again, that's what we want to talk about. Let's be honest. That's the only interesting news of the weekend. UFC 235 is finally here. Obviously, it's headlined by John Jones and Anthony Smith. Um, but this card is stacked. And most times when cards are stacked like this, something always happens. Either John Jones pisses hot for PEDs and we got to move the entire card elsewhere. Somebody gets hurt last minute. 
all kinds of stuff usually happens with these type of cards, especially when the UFC really banks on them. And not just the UFC, man, the fans, the media, all of us, man, everybody who actually wants these things to happen, what ends up happening? It just closes down. Something happens, we always lose something, but look, the MMA gods were kind to us this time around. Oh man, I can't, I'm so happy to say this. Everybody made weight. Everybody's going to fight. This card, the way it was actually put together, is about to happen. Yo, this is incredible, man. I, I can't lie to you. This is one of, if not the best UFC fight cards that they have put on in the last two years. To, to Realistically, from top to bottom. I'm talking about from main event to the first card, the first fight on the prelims. This card is stacked. So if you are an MMA or a combat sports fan, fam, go ahead and spend your little $70 and let's go ahead and order it on pay-per-view or do what I'm doing because I'm not spending my little $70. <laughs> I will be at a bar tonight. I got a couple of the homies getting together and we're going to go ahead and really enjoy the fights. Um, it's going to be a good time, man. It's going to be a good time. And uh, so I, I wanted to sit back and I had a couple thoughts. After watching the the weigh-ins, and I always, you know, I watch all the pre-fight shows, I watch the weigh-ins, and a lot of times it's it's interesting, right? This is the last time you get to see these guys face off and girls face off before the fights actually are about to come to fruition. It's exciting, right? It's super exciting. It's fun. Um, we get to see who looks like I mean, let's be honest. Let's see who looks like shit on the scales. Let's see who looks great on the scales. Let's see who looks intimidated. Let's try to find that that chink in somebody's armor. This is the last opportunity we get an opportunity, the chance to see that. So I was really, really excited to to take time and um and, and jump into that and kind of see what was going on. And I have to say, man, everybody looked great. Um. It's funny listening to the narrative. Obviously, everybody is saying and they believe that John Jones is going to win. But you're starting to kind of get a little bit of a shift. I think everybody understands that in the main event, John Jones, who is arguably, I mean, arguably, not arguably. I think a lot of us is the consensus around John Jones is the greatest combat sports athlete we've seen at least the greatest mixed martial artist, he can, by the end of this year, if he goes ahead and makes a crazy run, fights five times this year, works everybody out at light heavyweight and at heavyweight, we can probably say, look, man, John Jones is a GOAT. PDs or anything aside, this dude's incredible. But so interesting, you hear Chael Sonnen on ESPN saying it on Ariel and a Bad Guy. You hear other media pundits starting to kind of creep in and say, man, there's something about Anthony Smith. What is it? And don't get it twisted, man. After some of us go ahead and listen to this fight might have happened. Anthony Smith might have got completely pounded out. But we don't know yet. That hasn't happened yet. And there's something about his demeanor. I've broken this fight down a number of times. I broke it down with Brandon Camille this week, and I also broke it down on the other, on the uh, on episode eighty-seven, um, our fight news and fight pick episode. 
there's something about somebody who is willing to take punishment who can take shots and again i want people to think about this we look at anthony smith's record right let me go ahead and just pull it up so i can have it right here in front of me so anthony smith obviously the number three ranked light heavyweight the world's fighting the champion anthony smith's record is what fam ufc what's going on with your website family that's ugly Man, somebody uh, skipped a main content. Oof. All right. So, all right, this isn't popping up, but Anthony Smith has over 40 career fights, but he also has 13 losses, right? He has 13 losses, but think about this. In his last 16 fights, he is 14-2. and two. So, obviously, there's something about him that's happening there's something about him that is growing he is developing as an mma fighter um i don't know if it's a, because of the new team he credits it entirely to his new team but look a 14 and 2 fighter is somebody that you cannot discount especially somebody with a wealth of experience like that not only does he have over 40 career professional fights he also has 30 amateur fights Dog, I had six, and I thought I was doing, I thought I was ready to turn pro. This dude legitimately has 30 amateur fights and over 40 professional fights. Dude is an animal. He's a complete monster, and if John Jones sleeps for any second of the fight, he has an issue. He really does, man. So again, I'm still, I still chose John Jones to win the fight. But man, come on now. We all love a Rocky story. And Anthony Smith at the weigh-ins looked incredible. He was in shape. He was lean. And honestly, above all else, he looked confident. Super confident. Um, and when you see somebody that is that confident and it seems like there are a couple guys who are like this, right? When Conor McGregor was making his run, there was something about his bravado. There was something about the confidence. He, what he was saying, you, you almost believed him. You felt him. You're like, dude, I, I don't know what it is about this dude, but every time he comes in there, he's convincing me. His talk convinces me, and there's something about Anthony Smith's quiet confidence that is starting to sway a lot of people. And I can't stun. It's even starting to sway me to an extent. And again, I'm going to stand on it. I'm still going with John Jones. I think John Jones is all, all around the superior fighter. But John Jones has to be perfect the entire time. Anthony Smith can literally take a butt whooping. And then what he's going to end up doing is it, all he needs is 10 seconds. Land a couple good combinations and he can finish this fight. A lot of people talk about the size differential. Yo, man, both of these dudes are huge. 6'4", 6'5 and a half. Anthony Smith, 6'4". John Jones, 6'5 and a half. John Jones appears to be the thicker guy. So I don't know, man. You look at it, and it's really, really interesting. Um, 
Again, these uh, the fight predictions for this just said the Vegas odds are crazy. Uh, the Vegas odds for this fight are some of the biggest that I've ever seen. We got John Jones as a minus 900 favorite, Anthony Smith a plus 550. Look, man, it, it makes sense. I understand it. Um, all right. Co-main event, obviously, Tyron Woodley, Kamara Usman, they both came in looking incredible. Both of these dudes looking like chiseled you know gods out there they're both yoked they're both in incredible shape and they're both going to go out there and and have a good fight being the fact that they're two great wrestlers i see this fight taking place on the ground or should i say i see this fight taking place on the feet most times when you have two wrestlers they end up throwing them things tyron woodley again i believe is going to win this fight because of his experience and because of his patience. It doesn't matter what goes on in the fight. It doesn't matter if the crowd is booing. He sticks to his game plan. Kamara Usman has not fought at this stage yet. He hasn't fought in front of a huge crowd like this. So watching him compete in this one is going to answer a lot of questions to a lot of us. Seriously. And again, I'm not knocking Buddy. I think he's an incredible talent, and eventually he could become the mid- the uh, welterweight champion. But not over Tyron Woodley, man. So again, we'll see what happens there. And hopefully, man, we can get Din Thomas after uh, this fight back on the show. Din Thomas, obviously, is one of the coaches of uh, Tyron Woodley. He's been with him for years, and he's been on the Fight Podcast a couple times, man. So hopefully we can get him back on the young show. All right. Uh, obviously everybody is, um, you know, interested in, I'll say this, um, there's a couple fights that I am really looking forward to on this. Obviously the main event, the co-main event, we're all really interested in, but everybody wants to see Ben Askren going in there against Robbie Lawler. Ben Askren is the favorite minus 285 favorite, um, Robbie Lawler is a plus 225 uh, underdog. I'm going with Ben Askren, but I will be honest with you. Ben Askren, I know he's had the best camp of his life. He has trained bell to bell with Tyron Woodley for this event. It's kind of interesting. Robbie Lawler trained bell to bell for this event with Kamar Usman. Kind of dope. But... When I look at him, Ben didn't look like he was in incredible shape, but he's always kind of had that like tire on him. It seems like that's just kind of who he is, you know, kind of a little belly, wild hair. I think that's kind of part of his allure, right? That's the kind of thing that I think a lot of people like about him. They like that he's funky. They they like this dude is wild, talks trash, slaps people in the butt. You know, um, they enjoy that aspect of Ben Askren. I would have liked to see him look a little bit more in shape. I would at least like to see a, a not a six pack, but let me, let me get a two pack. Let me get at least a two at the top instead of like the, you know, the, the young fat tire, man. He, he had the tires, man. You know, he had a little extra love handles. Um, not knocking anybody who has love handles, but look, man, this is a professional fighter. I don't understand what professional fighters, especially guys who fight <laughs> not in heavyweight who are built like that, but 
he's always been built like that. He's one of the greatest wrestlers to compete. I think he has the highest pinning percentage in wrestling, in collegiate wrestling of all time. That's incredible. Dude is a monster. I still believe he's going to beat Robbie Lawler in this one. All right. This is the one that I'm actually looking forward to almost the most on this card. Tisha Torres. My fellow Boricua, you know, Puerto Rican young lady. She's a beast. I give her credit. She, she, um, her, her wife, I believe, or her girlfriend, fiance, um, uh, Rachel, um, wow, I'm blanking on her name. Um, but she's recently lost the title to, um, to Amanda Nunes not so long ago. She hasn't been back in a while, but, uh, she was training in Denver with her fiance. Didn't work out for her in her last fight. So she went back to American Top Team because she believes that gives her the structure and everything that she needs. I am happy that she did that. I believe that she needs to be over there at American Top Team. Not granted. I get why she didn't originally. She had to fight against Ioana and Jacek. Ioana and Jacek also fights at American Top Team. So a little conflict of interest. I get why she didn't do that. But I don't want to talk about, um, about uh, Tisha Torres. I didn't know that much about her opponent. Wenling Zhang and Ms. Zhang, I apologize if I have said your name incorrectly, <laughs> but I didn't know a lot about her. I'm not going to lie. She's a prospect out of China. She is, has an incredible record of, um, of 18 and one. And she has all kinds of finishes on her record, which is interesting. And the reason I say that this is interesting for somebody like that to have so many, um, um, yeah, so many knockouts on her record. And again, 50% of her wins are by KO. Being at 115 pounds, that doesn't happen. So that tells me that she's a finisher. She goes out there. So I went out and actually watched her last, her first USC fight. And yo, she is tenacious. She was out there and completely destroys her opponents. I'm still picking. You know what? I'm going to go with Zhang. I'm going to go with the prospect. She's 18-1. Her style is going to be a huge contrast for Tisha Torres. Somebody who really comes forward. Somebody who really lands powerful shots. And I've seen Tisha Torres with hard strikers. She doesn't seem to get off from time to time. I'm going to go ahead and go with Zhang with that one. But again, I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, all right, real quick. Uh, I want to double back to uh, John Jones. And again, everybody else look great. I can't wait. But again, those are the fights that I really want to highlight, especially after watching the weigh-ins. Um, John Jones, though, did say something, in my opinion, that was really interesting. Because a lot of people have been kind of pressing him, right? And they've been asking him about going to heavyweight. And he had a real interesting answer about moving to heavyweight. And this is what he said. Go to heavyweight because, um, quite frankly, they want to see me lose or get close to it or take some serious damage. And at heavyweight, the risk goes up tremendously. Uh, these guys are a lot bigger than me. And they say all the time, when you get a talented little guy versus a talented big guy, the odds are in the big guy's favor, right? So I think that's, I think that's the pressure. I don't think it's fair, really, um, because I've always been a light heavyweight. Despite who the champion's been, I've never challenged anybody uh, at heavyweight. 
heavyweight, and um, I feel like I'll move up to heavyweight on my own terms when I feel like uh, the UFC is playing ball with me contractually to, to entertain that. No one's entertaining any idea of switching a contract for any super fights, so we're just kind of stuck at this spot here fighting a lot heavyweight. I think people. So, what he said, and I hope the audio was okay with that one, but um. Yeah, it's pretty much like, look, man, those dudes are bigger than me up there. I'm a light heavyweight. I only walk around at about a buck to 225. You know, those guys are heavier. All of us want to see him go to heavyweight because, yo, aside from Dan, I mean, he's cleaned out his division. So we want to see him challenge himself. And yes, he's right in terms of saying that, look, man, people want to see me lose. People always want to see the greats lose. Because we want to make sure that they're human. Look at Floyd Mayweather. People always wanted to see him. They wanted to, to. They wanted him humbled. That's why people want to see him lose. John Jones. The more people want to see you lose, the more zeros you get in your bank account. Embrace that. Love that. And I think that he has to an extent. But um, again, I think more importantly, I think people want to see him fight Daniel Cormier at heavyweight. Why? Daniel Cormier is undefeated at heavyweight. Granted, he's also undefeated at light heavyweight unless his opponent was John Jones. But he looks better and he looks healthy and hydrated at heavyweight as opposed to what he looks like at 205. So we want to be able to see that mix, right? We want to be able to see a healthy DC versus a huge and Jack John Jones. What would happen? The same thing might happen. We really don't know. But regardless, that's something we want to see. And I think the UFC is trying to start to push for it. And I believe we will see him by the end of this year fighting at heavyweight. So um, I think that's going to be pretty, pretty dope. All right, man. Uh, a couple things. First thing, actually, I want to talk about is. It appears. It appears that. Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone, something that I've reported here and people have talked about a lot recently, we believe that that fight was going to be next for both guys. According to Dana White, it doesn't seem like it is as close as we originally believed. So this is, uh, Brett Akimoto was, um, was interviewing him earlier and this is what Dana White had to say. The press conference. You're looking for other opponents for Cowboy. How come? Yeah. So the, the fight just didn't happen. You know, Connor. Um, what Connor really wants is to fight Habib. That's the fight Connor really wants. So um, let him figure out what's next. And but in the meanwhile, Cowboy was in my office yesterday. You know him. He wants to fight. He's ready to fight again. He wants to fight again. So we're looking at another opponent for him. We're looking at maybe him and Ray Janelle. That's a fun one. Well, your gut reactions today. When do we see Conor McGregor fight again? We'll, we'll see Conor fight probably in the fall. This summer, but you just... All right. So first and foremost, Cowboy Cerrone versus Raging Ally and Quinta would be an incredible fight. It is not a good fight for Donna Cerrone, though. It would be entertaining. It'd be fun. They'd be go out there and really throw. But I think Raging Al, especially at lightweight, is a more well-rounded fighter, and he is a worse matchup for Don Cerrone. Now, Conor McGregor. 
I have no idea why he's pushing this fight with uh, Khabib. The fight wasn't close. You can sit there and look at me all you want. Oh, Serge, the third round. He did such a great job. He actually won a round. Yo, who cares? Who cares about one round? Only thing I saw was a person that got taken down and beat up. He got taken down and beat up. And then he also even got submitted with a with a, with a neck crank, essentially. He didn't even fight the hands. You do not deserve a title shot, Conor McGregor. He has not won a fight in the UFC in almost three full years. He's had two fights at lightweight. The first one when he went ahead and beat, um, he beat Eddie Alvarez. Yo, God bless him. Tip my hat to him. That was a great win. But then he got he got thumped by Khabib. So when you look at that, what about it aside from name recognition does he deserve a title shot for? He doesn't. He doesn't deserve a title shot over Tony Ferguson. He doesn't deserve a title shot over Dustin Poirier. Guys who have fought in that division and have been winning fights for the last few years when Connor was out there on his thing doing his living his best life which yo fam I get 120 whatever million for a fight <laughs> yo you probably not gonna see me fight again but look he made his money he was chilling I'm not mad at that but you're not in a place to demand anything so the fact that he's trying to hold out for Khabib Yo, you might just wait forever, bro, because it's not going to happen. Now, maybe since you got Tony Ferguson bitching and moaning, maybe he'll end up getting Tony Ferguson. That would be an incredible fight. I would love to watch that fight. And it seems like since Tony isn't ready to fight yet, and I'm going to chalk it up to that. Not that he was scared of Max, didn't want to fight Max or whatever. Let's just say he wasn't totally healthy and he realized that after his last fight with Anthony Pettis. So he wants a little bit more time. I'm going to chalk it up to that. But Connor, man, man, F out of here, bro. Like, for real, get out of here. Don't none of us want to see that fight. And um, and anybody else who thinks otherwise, man, don't at me, man. I don't care. Um, I, I really people need to stop being just fanboys and girls. All right. People are sitting there just excited about it. If I'm looking at the totality of his record and what he has done over the last four years, Conor McGregor does not deserve a title shot. Speaking of somebody who doesn't deserve a title shot and has been flapping his gums. Kobe, Captain Cringe, Covington is back. Kobe Covington went ahead and came back after seemingly like a hiatus, right? He disappeared for a while. Kobe Covington, for those of us who do not know, is a talented fighter out of American Top Team. He is somebody who last July won the interim title fight. He won the interim belt over Rafael Dos Anjos. Now, nobody really believes they should have had an interim fight. The champion at the weight class, Tyron Woodley, said he was ready. He just needed it a couple weeks later. 
They didn't do that. They didn't wait. Dana White wanted to move the division. And honestly, a lot of us believe that that happened because he was beefing with Tyron Woodley at the time. So he was trying to mess him over. This is a whole nother subject. This is also why I totally believe, and I've said this over and over again, why we need a MMA in, in that regard needs a union of some sort. So they can fight against one guy dictating who does and who doesn't get a title shot. But regardless, go back to Kobe. Kobe won that belt. Right here in Chicago, my city. And he went out there. Since then, he's been flapping his gums and he's been talking trash. He's been throwing throwing on a MAGA hat, you know, um, taking IG pictures and videos with strippers and, pr- and prostitutes and bathtubs and talking about this is how champions do it. But at the same time, he's done that. Yo. Buddy has turned down two fights with Tyron Woodley. They offered him one when he was trying to fight when when Tyron Woodley fought against Darren Till. Once Tyron Woodley stepped in there, fought against Darren Till, his interim belt was gone, stripped. He turns back around. They offered him another title fight. They said, hey, I need you to fight this time against Tyron Woodley again. He said no once again. And Dana White actually even went on the mic. Now, granted, I'm not going to stunt. You got to sometimes take what Dana White says with a grain of salt. But for some reason, I actually believe what he was saying in this time, this time around. And what Dana said was this. He said, hey, man, he offered the fight. And the reason that, again, Kobe's back in it, because this week, fight week, he is also in Vegas. He's in Vegas. And while Kamara Usman was out there doing his thing. He, and and when I say doing his thing, he was out there for the uh, media workouts with a little blowhorn wearing his little MAGA hat and he was talking trash. He was out there talking about, you know, oh, I'm the real champ. I should be fighting, going back and forth, right? It's a shtick. We all know what it is. He believes that this is what people want. This is how he keeps his name relevant. He even went as far as follow Dana White to a casino while Dana White was gambling and started videoing and saying, why am I not getting to fight? And Dana even told him, dude, you know why you didn't get to fight. It's because you turned the fight down. And this is something I want you guys to hear how delusional this dude is. And this is Kobe Covington. I was going to find Dana and I was going to get my face to face. Even if he was denying my calls and he wasn't taking my calls, I know people, man, and I knew he was at the Palms playing in the High Roller Suites, so I went up on him and asked him why I'm not fighting this weekend, and I better be fighting the winner, and he promised me I'm fighting the winner, so anything less or I'm getting released. There's nothing else. I want to either get released or I want to fight for a title. I already won a title. I'm number one in the world. No one beat me for this title. Let's let's not remember that. No one beat me for this title. I went to the White House. Who's went to the White House ever in the history of the sport of MMA? I'm the only one to ever do that, so it's title fight or release to the UFC. Yeah. So... Kobe not said that um, he gave Dana White an ultimatum. An ultimatum. Political beliefs aside or anything, I can care less about that. I understand it's a shtick and whatever, but if you do not fight, you do not deserve a belt. And here's another thing too, UFC. If you give out interim belts, 
Maybe we should make them a different color. Maybe instead of being gold like the champion's belts, because think about it, having that belt means something. It means that you're legitimately the champion. And if you're an interim champ at UFC, how about instead of having it gold, make it silver? So that when people look at it, we can say, yeah, bro, that's not the real belt. You're the interim champion. You have this other belt because obviously you, you're, you're the number one contender. You are the placeholder. That is who you are. And this gives you the opportunity to fight the champion when the champion is ready. The champion has been ready twice. Kobe Covington has turned those fights down. In my humble opinion, Kobe Covington is really damaging his career. He's not fighting. He's calling out the president of the organization. He's saying wild, somewhat racist things. When you look at it that way, man, you kind of bring it around. He's making mistakes left and right. I don't know who's managing this kid, but he needs somebody else planning and managing for him. Because if he does not, not only is he never going to get a title fight for the UFC, he might not ever fight again for anybody. He might legitimately get blackballed, man. So, again, we'll see what happens, but I really believe that Kobe Covington is actually doing more damage to his own career than good, man. Um, All right, so... One thing that I want to really come on here and talk about today, and again, this is a little Saturday pod... Um, I, I wanted to uh, to show some love and um, and obviously concern for one of the best to ever do it. And honestly, this guy is one of my favorites. And I know I say that all the time, but he, he truly is, man. One of the first guys that I really started watching in MMA, Mirko Crow Cop. One of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. K1, Pride, all the good stuff. Um, He's retiring from the UFC, or not from the UFC, from MMA. His last fight was against Roy Nelson last month at Bellator 216. But after that fight, he actually suffered a stroke. So check it out. I'm going to actually read this article, and this is from ESPN's Ariel Hawani. All right. So, um, and this is from, again, Ariel Hawani. So one of mixed martial arts all-time greats has called it a career. Mirko Krokop Filipovich, that's why I would just call him Krokop, <laughs> at one time considered one of the most feared strikers in the sport and announced his retirement on Croatian television Friday. ESPN confirmed the news with Krokop. Krokop said that he suffered a stroke following his unanimous decision win over Roy Nelson last month at Bellator 216 and as a result has been advised by his doctors to never fight again. According again to, to ESPN, Krokop said, yo, I was lucky. I must not take punches to the head ever again. Krokop is 44. He's obviously flirted with retirement in the past, but he said that this time he's really done. Krokop said, I had bleeding in my brain. An emotional Krokop told um, the Croatian television station that I came out of the hospital today and that's why I wanted to come here to see people feeling good. I had an unbelievable luck 
uh, I had unbelievable luck in the accident. He said the stroke did not come as a result of his fight against Nelson, but rather a neck issue that had been bothering him for several months. Crow Cop said the stroke will not be life-threatening as long as he never fights again. I will never enter a ring again. I cannot let somebody hit me. So Crow Cop, Mirko Crow Cop is retiring with a record of 38 wins, 11 losses, um, two draws, and one no contest. He's best known for his run with Pride FC, where he battled the likes of the greats, Fedor Melianenko, the great Josh Barnett, the great Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira, and many others. Um, a decorated striker, Crow Cop found success not only in MMA, but also in kickboxing. He, win, uh, he won the 2012 K1 Grand Prix and has a 26-8 kickboxing record also. Um, he's actually also fought twice um, Jarrell Big Baby Miller, who's actually going to compete against uh, Anthony Joshua coming up in June. Um, in addition, again, like I said, he won the 2006 Grand uh, the, uh, Pride Grand Prix, Openweight Grand Prix, and he is also the 2016 Ryzen Openweight Grand Prix champion. Um, dude is an incredible fighter, man. Um, not only is he an incredible fighter, again, he is closing his career out on a 10-fight winning streak, man. Um, this is sad. Gr- granted, he's 44 years old. He probably should have retired, but he's been looking really, really great. And you never want to hear a great going out there and saying that they suffered strokes after fights and that their lives were threatened. And this is one of those things that always makes me realize and makes me remember that, look, man, you don't play fighting. You play basketball, you play football, you play baseball, you play hockey, you don't play fight. So when you look at those type of things, man, it's um, it's scary, but it's a reality of our sport. Hate to, you know, go off like this on a somber note, man, but at the end of the day, man, this is one of the greats to ever do it. We need to, you know, salute him. I actually have in my uh, studio... Um, one of the, the the Pride Grand Prix posters that he actually competed in. It was one of the first huge events that I actually uh, really watched and I loved. Um, dude is a legend. Legend of the sport. Great wins. Again, he, he he's fought the best of the best, man. Um, Mark Hunt, he's, he's competed against. Again, uh, Big Nog. All these dudes, man. Um, so... It's going to be sad to see him go, especially going out like this, but at least he goes out on a win. He goes out on his own terms, and he goes out on that 10-fight win streak, man. So salute to the legend Mirko Krokop. Ah, man, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I, like I said, I feel bad, man. I, w- I wish I was I got. I wish I can turn on some, uh, <laughs> some like, happy music or something to keep us moving, bro. But uh, at the end of the day, yo, you know what makes me happy? It makes me happy that we got this UFC 235 this weekend. Um, also, what makes me happy is that, um, speaking of interim titles, we finally have seen Israel, the last stylebender Adesanya, face off against Kelvin Gastelum. And I will say, yo, you talk about a height difference? Kelvin Gastelum is 5'9". Israel is 6'4". It looked like he was going to pick up his child when they actually faced off. It's hilarious. I'm not taking anything away from Kelvin Gastelum. I think he's an incredible athlete and he poses unique issues for Israel. 
but I've already said it here many times. I think he's the future of the sport. I think he's the future of that division. So we'll end up seeing what happens um, with that. And look, man, we'll be back here uh, very soon to let you guys know what's going on. And we'll break down all of the fight action this weekend of UFC 235. Um, I might have a guest on with me tomorrow to, you know, break these fight cards down with me. But we will see. Regardless, I will be here for a post-fight show for you guys and we'll break everything down. With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. This is the Fight Podcast. I'm your boy, Serge Vicente, and uh, we'll be back again very soon. Remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you guys by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me, at Serge Vicente. I know. I got, I got to post more. I do. All I have on there now is like my lady and my dog. I, I, got, I will start posting more. <laughs> uh, support the show by checking us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. And uh, yo, thank you guys so much for listening today on this beautiful Saturday. I um, hope you guys have a great one. I hope you guys enjoy the fights. And I will see you right here next time on the Fight Podcast. Peace out.